Hello. I've just been summoned to inform you all that Sophie and Finn recorded this before the Dead Space remake was officially announced. As a result, it is never mentioned in this exhaustive discussion of the Callisto Protocol. If you'd like to watch Finn play Dead Space, please click the links below. There's also a link to the Patreon, where everything is just awful. We now begin the Callisto Protocol. Hi Sophie! Hi Sin! Hi everyone, and welcome to the Snack Covenant episode 262. Today we're going to talk about a very special upcoming horror game. Again? <laughs> Again! And today we're going to cover the Callisto Protocol. Specifically, we'll talk about three things. First, the release date. Second, we'll talk about the interviews and information surrounding the game. And we'll finish with an analysis of the reveal trailer. The Callisto Protocol is a Dead Space-looking, third-person sci-fi survival horror game. Mm -hmm. It's set in the Player Unknown's Battleground... <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's set in the Player Unknown's Battleground universe in 2320. How do you think they settled on 2320? It can't be 2330, it can't be 2250, it's got to be... How long do you think it took them to come up with that? Were there a lot of angry meetings? <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just really like arbitrary science fiction dates. Continue. <laughs> the Callisto Protocol is being developed by Striking Distance Studios. According to the reveal trailer, as well as the interviews the studio has done, the Callisto Protocol is scheduled to be released in 2022. That's all we know about the release date. Good. However, Striking Distance Studio was only founded in 2019. So if they get the game out in 2022, they're really efficient. Yeah, but they've been around less time than we have. Oh my god, and we yeah. don't have a game yet. No, why do you think that is? Because we're not game developers? Yeah, you got it. Got it. <laughs> I feel like if we were, like, we're the podcast equivalent of those people that just endlessly shout out low-effort games on Steam that were sold for a dollar <laughs> to try and make money that way. Mm -hmm. We would have 50 games made with, like, off-the-shelf Unreal assets out by now. <laughs> so from the name Callisto Protocol, I assume it's based on a Robert Ludlum novel. I don't know who that is. Well, Sin Robert Ludlum. <laughs> um, he wrote the, the Bourne books, like the Bourne Identity and the Bourne Ultimatum and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, okay. But he, he also wrote The Icarus Agenda, The Scorpio Illusion, <laughs> The Matter Race Countdown, The Apocalypse Watch, <laughs> The Gemini Contenders, The Reinman Exchange. I'm just randomly picking names from his bibliography on Wikipedia. <laughs> The Lazarus Vendetta, the Ambler Warning, <laughs> the Bancroft Strategy, <laughs> the Janus Reprisal, the Jansen Option, the Geneva Strategy, the Jansen Equation. <laughs> Do you think the Callisto Protocol was on his list and now he has to like cross it out? I think he he's making them with like a procedural thing. <laughs> Robert Ludlum is actually an AI. Okay, so, um, that's the extent of everything I have to say, so <laughs> I'm going to hand it over to you now and just, like, <laughs> you can talk about the Callisto Protocol. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sim. Sophie, do you know why I'm interested in this game a lot? Because it's the guy who made Dead Space. You were supposed to say no, and I was supposed to give you a whole explanation. <laughs> Sophie, do you know why I'm interested in this game a lot? No, Sin. Why are you interested in it? 
Well, Sophie, not only is it dead space looking, mm -hmm. it's dead space adjacent. Oh. On June 26, 2019, Pubka Battlegrounds released a video. Right. It was Glenn Schofield announcing he just joined Pubka Corporation as CEO of a new independent game studio called Striking Distance. Right. And they're working together to build the studio ground up so they can begin crafting an original narrative experience in the Pubk universe. Pubka reminds me of War Deter 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 Deter. I was actually thinking, I didn't <laughs> want to interrupt you, but I was thinking, like, if you did have a game studio, you would probably call, like, or something like that. Now, Sophie. Yes. Do you know who Glenn Schofield is? Who is Glenn Schofield? <laughs> well, <laughs> he's a co-creator of Dead Space. Oh my god! Visceral Games, formerly EA Redwood Shores, developed Dead Space 1. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite Dead Space. Yes. They also worked on the subsequent ones, Yeah. but one is still the best. And Glenn Schofield was like the vice president and general manager at the time or something. So he knows his dead space and Visceral knows their dead space. Right. Okay. Now, Sophie, you may ask yourself, why Pupuka Universe specifically? Why Pupuka Universe specifically? I ask myself. <laughs> Well, Sophie, our good friend Glenn explains... He's not really our good friend. No. We don't know each other. No one is. Mm. <laughs> he went to the people who make PlayerUnknown's Battleground and said, I'll give you a game studio, and here's the game I'd like to make. He also explains, I presented the game to them, and so what we did was we made it fit within the public storyline. Okay. Now that whole thing makes me wonder if these were the first people he went to or these were the last people he went to. Do you think there's like versions of this that exist in other game continuities? <laughs> that same game? Is that what you're implying? <laughs> well, but no. if it's in the year 2300, like, it could just sort of could be in the Grand Theft Auto universe. I don't know. Maybe he did go to the Grand Theft Auto people and was mm -hmm. like, hey, this is the space game I want to make. And they're like, no. But either way, I don't think it's important whether they were the first or the last people he went to. The important thing is that he already had a game when he went to Puck. So, Sophie. Yes, Sin. Now, I think why Puck trusts Glenn so much is that he's proven himself on multiple titles Scary and otherwise... What did he make that wasn't scary? Call of Duty. Okay. Yeah. But also, he's actually, like, a scary movie fan. Yeah. So he knows his stuff. And this is something he's mentioned in his interviews. But since this is a serious, researched, peer-reviewed podcast, I have a quote. So this is Glenn. I'll watch any horror movie no matter how bad... Oh my god, it's you! I know, right? <laughs> I understand why you like Dead Space now, because it's just like, this guy is just like you. <laughs> and with sci-fi, they can get pretty bad. When I get to see a good one, it's just gravy for me. I spent the last 10 years making Call of Duty, which has been really good to me. I really loved making Advanced Warfare, because it was a little in the future but it was time for me to get back to something that I just really love, and sci-fi horror is where it's at for me. Now, Sophie? Yes, Sin? Psychologically, it does feel a little weird that the next Dead Space-like is set in a Battle Royale universe. But, like, Dead Space could have been set in the Player Unknown Battlegrounds universe, because it's just really far in the future. I don't know, it just feels, it just feels like something's wrong. It's like, okay, it's like if I told you, it's like if I told you the next Saw movie is set in the Lord of the Ring universe. Right. Like, okay, fine, but it just feels a little off. 
I thought you were setting me up to do like, and my axe, but it's a saw trap. <laughs> Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sim. Now, Sophie, have you played Dead Space 1? No. Dead Space 1 was overall incredible, mm -hmm. but the audio was beyond amazing. Right, right. When Visceral Games was developing Dead Space 1, they put a lot of work into the audio. Like yes. it was their thing, scare someone with the sound. And I think now Striking Distance is trying to basically outdo Dead Space with the Callisto Protocol. Here's a quote from Glenn. When the player is walking, your clothes make a sound when your arm is going across the cloth on your chest and things like that. And so we're getting all those sounds. The sound of the wind just so slightly blowing through your hair. It's crazy. So like they're really focusing on these things and I'm really excited about that. Moreover, striking distance is going to take advantage of the next-gen lighting techniques and 3D audio and it's going to be like super immersion. Plus, they want to create an engaging story. Like, they talked about it in Dead Space, they wanted you to want to know what's behind the corner, what's the mystery, mm -hmm. what's this, what's that. That's neat. And Sophie, there's another mm -hmm. important thing I have to tell you. Oh. He's putting together a team. Did you recruit them in a series of, like, shady bars? <laughs> Here, you're an animation director putting together a team <laughs> thank you sophie i feel like each of these is getting worse and eventually you'll stop <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait till the bit at the end of this where we take three times longer to describe a trailer than it would to watch it <laughs> Thank you, Sophie. <laughs> Thank you, Sim. About the team, Glenn said, We've built a world-class studio of passionate developers that is ready to once again tackle one of our all-time favorite genres, survival horror. This is a really cool team, Sophie. Mm -hmm. It includes 25 to 30 people he's worked with before at Visceral and Sledgehammer yeah. Games including people who worked on Dead Space. For example, Steve Papastis, former Dead Space executive producer who took over the franchise when Glenn left Visceral in 2009. Scott Whitney, the creative director of Striking Distance and former Dead Space designer. And Christopher Stone, the animation director on Dead Space. Now, about the Callisto Protocol in relation to Dead Space, Glenn said, You know, I have a particular style, and I can't get away from my style. My style has grown and maybe matured a little bit, but it is my style. I'm sure there will be some familiar vibes within the game. It's hard for me to step back and go, Oh, I've got to make this different than the idea on Dead Space, and make this different and this different. I'm just going to make a game with 10 more years of experience. What have I learned? What am I doing different? You know, it has to just be natural. Finally, since this is a horror game, Glenn had this to say. All I can say is that my goal and the goal of the team is to make the scariest game on next-gen platforms. So if that's what you want to play, that's what we're bringing. So Sin, is that what you want to play? That's what I want to play. That's what you want to play? I basically want to play Death Space again, and I think this is going to be it. Now, Sophie, let's talk about the setting of the game. The Callisto Protocol is set on Callisto. Callisto is Jupiter's second largest moon and the third largest moon in our solar system IRL. Wow. Our player character is an inmate at Black Iron Prison. Mm-hmm. And something sketch is going on there. Is that a quote from the game developers? <laughs> the United Jupiter Company operates the prison, and the suspicion is that they're behind whatever's gone wrong. Here's what Glenn had to say about the prison. 
To start with, prison is a really scary place, and the prison on Jupiter's dead moon is terrifying. Can't think of anything more desolate and isolated than that. Striking Distance mentioned they'd like to use Callisto's IRL properties and environment to give the game a semblance of reality. Again, this is the whole immersion aspect, which is really cool. Glenn mentioned that Callisto could be theoretically colonized one day. And did you know that investigation by Galileo spacecraft revealed that Callisto may have a small silicate core? Silicate? What's that word? <laughs> Sophie, did you know? Followed by like, you don't understand what you're saying. No. Silicate. Silicate. Silicate, okay. Silicate, yeah. It's like No Man's Sky. And Sophie, did you know that investigation by the Galileo spacecraft revealed that Callisto may have a small silicate core and possibly a subsurface ocean of liquid water at depth greater than 100 kilometers? Me neither, but since they're trying to make super immersion, I'm sure that'll show up in the game. Hi, Sophie here. We're about halfway through this episode, for all I know, because this is recorded like two weeks later, but Sin has asked me to please remind you all to stand up and stretch. We don't want anyone developing sciatica during this exhaustive breakdown of the Callisto Protocol. A video so exhaustive that I'm looking at YouTube right now, and there's one called Callisto Protocol Everything We Know that's eight and a half minutes long. Just imagine how tedious things will get when the game is actually out. Just kidding. We'll be discussing Bloodborne until the heat death of the fucking universe. Now that your spine has had time to decompress, it's back to the podcast. We're going to the best part now. The trailer analysis! I first saw the Callisto Protocol reveal trailer at the Game Awards in 2020. When I saw it, I immediately thought Dead Space, specifically because of the little bar on the character's neck that shows the health. Because that's a very Dead Space thing. That gave out a very Dead Space vibe. Now, Sophie. Yes. Before we go into detail, could you please give us a general analysis of the trailer? Alright, so the trailer starts with a guy in a prison jumpsuit in a cell. Mm-hmm. And he is awoken by an alert. Mm-hmm. And all personnel are to report to the main safety block, and mm-hmm. it's not a drill. <laughs> My next note just says, oh no, monster. There's someone, I think it's supposed to be your cellmate. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, and our character, he doesn't quite realize. <laughs> That his cellmate is now a weird faceless zombie thing. So he's like, hey, what's going on, cellmate? And he looks out between the bars like, what's happening? And there's a malfunctioning robot that's like, I don't remember what it says. Like, Mal- malfunction, malfunction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then uh, he, he says to the zombie, are you seeing this? And then the robot says, like, there is nothing to fear. <laughs> but that's a piece of grim irony because um, our, our short-lived protagonist is then killed by the zombie that is his cellmate. Um, and then it cuts to... This is all being watched on security footage by someone, and I assume that's, like, the Jupiter Corporation or whatever they're called. <laughs> Jupiter something? Jupiter Mining? So then it cuts to security camera footage that's being watched by someone who I assume is like United Jupiter Company person. And he sees the guy get killed on the security camera and then he just like nonchalantly sort of switches it off and walks off. So so then United Jupiter Corporation man walks away from it and looks out a window and you see a spaceship landing. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. whoever's on that ship's in for a bad time. And then... <laughs> It shows the credits, and then in a classic scene that, like, you can call it a cliche, but it always works. Mm-hmm. The final shot of the trailer is the dead body, and suddenly its eyes spring open. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
The most disappointing part of the trailer for me was that the protagonist was murdered. I got really attached to him. You think the game's going to be a prequel? Like leading up to this point <laughs> and this is actually the ending. We'll <laughs> no, play the game in re- it'll be like reversible. We'll play the game in reverse order. Because you'll get even more attached to I him. I know you'll get, and you'll you'll see his life fall apart backwards, and then it'll <laughs> hit even harder at the very very end of the game when he's like with his family. So it's all going to be all right, and then the game ends. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, unless Sophie, unless mm-hmm. the protagonist is okay, he's just a zombie now, and you control the zombie. I mean, that's basically Dark Souls. There we go. He's yeah, fine. Okay. okay yeah. Sophie. Why are you yes, laughing? I just, I just like how I couldn't remember what the robot said or did, so I just have in my head this vision of this like 1950s science fiction robot going malfunction, 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 malfunction. Thank you, Sophie. <laughs> Looks like a light splashing on it all. <laughs> The robot actually reminded me of the Battlestar Galactica robots. They had a similar eye thing, something red in it, made of metal. So, you mean the 1980 Battlestar Galactica, not the the new one where they're sexy? (laughs) No, you need to specify this, because I think the 2000s Battlestar Galactica probably, like, more people like that. Because the original Battlestar Galactica is mostly known as, like, a weird piece of kitsch. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sin. So now, let's look over the trailer in detail. When the striking studio logo and the... (laughs) (laughs) What? What? Alright, I'll level with everyone listening. Most of my behavior this podcast, I'm assuming, isn't going to be in the edit. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing this because we were supposed to record something later on tonight... And the person couldn't make it and seems like, oh, the Callisto Protocol. And I don't know anything about the Callisto Protocol. She sent me a trailer. I don't know anything about it or anything about Dead Space. This is the fifth one of these we have done in like a couple of weeks. And I, I don't know what I'm, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I don't know anything about these games. I'm not going to play them. I don't know anything about Dead Space. I, I just, Thank you, Sophie. (laughs) It's good to know that this is what you meant. I thought you were making fun of me because I started the analysis by analyzing the logo. Well, that was part of it because I'm just like, God. Oh, you bitch. Now, when the logos of the Striking Distance and Crafton appeared on screen, they had this blue effect with bars. Mm -hmm. And that reminded me of the Dead Space helmet. Okay. Which has a very yeah. iconic blue bar thing right, going on. Right, okay. When the trailer itself starts, we see two inmates. We see them on the right. The one on the upper bunk, we see their hand. And the one on the lower bunk, we see their foot. We also see a light flickering and making a flickering sound. We also see a wall next to a barred door. And that's where we get our first Easter egg. It says, IC was here and JC was here. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I've not played Dead Space, but I'm guessing IC is Isaac Clarke. You guessed right! Uh, JC, John Connor, perhaps it's in the Terminator universe. Oh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. And you're right, Sophie. IC is Isaac Clarke, who is Mm -hmm. the protagonist of the Dead Space series. Yeah. But JC is John Carter, Isaac's co-partner from Dead Space 3. There's also a number underneath. I couldn't really make it out. Maybe 109? Is it like the release date of Dead Space? Oh, no, that was 2008. 109? The year 109? What year is No, that? but I'm thinking it might be like something slash 09. Now, you know what 109 could be referring to? What? Think Fallout. What Fault 109? 
Vault 109, that's the fancy one with the radioactivity in it. So, maybe this is a fancy radioactive prison. I'm thinking about planets now. <laughs> okay. Because okay, I was thinking what? about, like, Jupiter's moons, one of them is Io. So is it, like, 1-O is Io-9? Hmm. Io-9. Huh. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to fill in everything that's not actually the game. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. That's very good. That's a very good observation, Sophie. But does it matter if it's an Easter egg? I don't know. We're making an executive decision. Okay. The DLC is going to happen on IO9. Does that mean that Isaac from Dead Space is in it? Because he's also no. on the... No? Okay. I don't know. Why? Why? Because he's also what? Because he's on the wall. It says... You know what? Yeah, let's do this. It's okay. So the DLC is going to happen on IO9 with <laughs> Isaac Clark and John Carter I'm in the DLC. Tuning out. I'm tuning the fuck out. <laughs> Thank you, Sophie. Now, the prisoners are in their cell, and you can see the door, the wall, there's like a sink or something on the side. And Sophie, I have to correct your description from last time. It's not an alarm that wakes the prisoner. It's a noise. It's an alarming noise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. And then we see the person who's on the bottom bunk. And there's a couple of more Easter eggs there. Their jumpsuit has numbers 06052465. If you break it down into dates, it's June 5th, 2465. And Sophie... Do you know what happened on June 5th, 2465? Dead Space? Isaac was born. So, prior to Isaac Clark's birth, <laughs> he visited this prison cell, signed to the wall, and then predicted the date of his own birth. <laughs> I have to say, this is making me want to play Dead Space. I'm... <laughs> I'm liking this, like, apparent, like, Dr. Manhattan figure <laughs> we play as. I think he's got a lot of potential. Thank you, Sophie. <laughs> Another thing we notice next to the person is an engineer's handbook written by E. Langford. Isaac was an engineer, Sophie. And Ellie Langford is the pilot he meets in Dead Space 2. This is making the old Dragon Slayer from Dark Souls 2 seem like <laughs> an extremely clear-cut case. Thank you, Sophie. Then we see the most Dead Space thing ever. The health bar on the neck. And as you know, the spinal health indicator in Dead Space, that's super iconic. It's super cool. It's super recognizable. I recognize it and I've never played Dead Space. There we go. So I'm really glad they went in a similar direction where the health indicators are not just a health bar. Then we see a hologram. That's the alarm that says, attention all personnel. But the hologram is glitching out. So like, you have a feeling something's not right. And in Dead Space, they had like audio logs as well as, like, text logs. So I'm guessing in the Callisto Protocol, they're going to have these holograms tell you part of the story. Then we have a little scare, Sophie. There's something outside the cell. It, like, passed by really fast. It made this screechy sound. But it's outside, so we're safe. So the cellmate that's awake asks his friend to wake up. Because something's wrong. And the main character is like looking behind the bars, trying to see what's happening. And the hologram is flickering, so it makes the background flicker. And that's when, for like a second or whatever, we see his roommate sit up on the bunk. And they don't look okay, like something's off. No, no, no. But if you don't pay attention because they're in the background, you're not going to notice it. So it's really cool. You may only notice it the second time you watch the trailer. And I really like that. And then we see your favorite robot, and there is a malfunction. And the assumption is that 
the scary thing that screeched earlier that passed in front of the prisoner's cell, it attacked the robot. But again, Sophie, it's outside the cell, so we're safe. So we'll be okay. Or so we think. Because the next shot, it's super clear that the roommate is not okay. We see their silhouette, they look creepy, but the main guy doesn't know it yet. And at that point, I was very stressed for him. And we get another shot of his neck where we see the health bar indicator, but also on his shoulder blade, or maybe both shoulder blades, there's like this metal thing, maybe some sort of a USB port, because in that space, you attach the stasis module to your suit. So I wonder if these ports are like to attach some sort of module to your suit or to yourself to give you powers. That's the thing that interested me, actually. Um, hmm. Because when I saw that, I'm like, oh, okay, we're not going to be a prisoner, are we? The prisoners are going to die, and we're one of the people on the ship that lands, and then the prisoners are all the monsters. But then you read me that interview, and it's like, no, you're, you're a prisoner. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, it's sort of interesting then that the prison outfits have these like little utility things attached. So like, I am wondering... So this is just me, like, asking questions the game possibly doesn't really go anywhere with. But, like, why is there a prison on Callisto? It seems like it... A little intense. It's a little bit of a waste of resources to literally just send prisoners to another planet. Yeah. Um, I know, like, prison planets are kind of a thing in, in science fiction, but this looks like it's trying to be kind of grounded. So mm-hmm. the idea of, like, putting people on another planet, it's like, well, there has to be a reason. So mm-hmm. I am thinking that, like... The prisoners are probably some kind of labor force that have been sent to Callisto to help, like, build a colony there that will then later be used. Or, like, they're there to, like, operate the base or something, rather than, like, there's just a prison. So so I'm assuming, like, that's why the prison suit has all these little, like, ports and indicators on it, because, like... We're also going to be, like, you're a prisoner, but you're also expected to work on the, um... You're expected to kind of function like Isaac, like, as an engineer or something. Like, you're building stuff. Yeah, and the prisoner has a literal engineer's handbook next to him on his bunk, so... That makes sense what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Sophie. That was a very valuable observation. Because the couple possibilities are... That they're building a colony and prisoners are sort of part of the building process. Like Australia. Oh yeah? That's what I was thinking of. That, that's oh, cool. I always think of that. Because the, the way that like the British colony in Australia was built is that they they had a prison workforce. Um, oh, they just okay. they do you do you not know about this? The the way that the British colonies here were built with it, they they basically like tried to imprison as many people as possible. Oh man! Um, in Britain, for like, com- like people like who like stole bread and things. Um, like reasonably like minor things. Like, oh, what? No, 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 no! What about you stole bread? So you're now going to wow. be shipped off to the other side of the world and um, forced to to build colonies until you die. That's a little extreme. Well, that's the British Empire. So, um. <laughs> That's like, okay, think of it this way, like, Australia was, like, Siberia. (laughs) If that makes sense, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. Now back to the trailer. We're at a point where it's revealed that the roommate turned into a monster. Yeah, yeah. It's a very scary monster. It made me think of the fly, the Cronenberg fly. Oh my god, that's so true! The the end stage fly when he's melting? Yeah. Yeah. It made me think of the thing for some reason. Well, yeah, it's, it's both. But I don't remember the thing looking like that. We'll have to do well, more research. the thing research. looks like a lot of things. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the thing could yeah. probably look like that. It'll be like, no problem, I can look like anything. Yeah. I can look like this, I can look like that. I can look like oh, Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Jennifer Lopez is so cute. I love her music and I love her movies. I know, she is very cute. It's just, it's a very specific, like... <laughs> the thing is really into, like, early 2000s stuff. <laughs> yeah. Love don't cost yeah, a I, I remember, I remember. Yeah. I was there, yeah. <laughs> it's what we had before single ladies. All the single ladies? Yeah, All yeah, the single yeah. ladies? Yeah, that wasn't an invitation. <laughs> <laughs> I want this to end just as much as you do, okay? I want this to never end. We're having so much fun. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just for everyone listening, there are episodes of this that Sin didn't release and said we had to re-record because the quality wasn't quite up there. She's going to release this one, so that tells you a lot. Tells you a lot about the quality of those ones, and it tells you about the gradual decline of this podcast over the last four years. Everything looks good in the trailer so far. And what I really appreciate is that the monster, yeah. they like growl at you, but it's not a typical growl. There's like a couple of different growls in there. Yeah, they have a number of orifices. <laughs> Speaking of orifices, what happens next? My notes just say tentacles! Exclamation <laughs> mark. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it, it's um. Really? Like something from Scorn? <laughs> well, these, like, tentacles come out of the monster's face and they kind of just go into, like, the our poor character's, like, eyes and mouth and start sort of, like... I'm assuming this is how the, the zombie thing infects people. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, like, unsettling, especially the one that went into the eye. Because they didn't do the typical thing where it just pokes into your eye, it goes in your brain. Oh, it's so painful. No, they go to the side of the eye, so the eye itself is intact. It just yeah. squeezes in between your eye and nose. That is so disturbing. Yeah. Ah, it was like, oh my goodness. Are you sure you want to play this? You sound like... <laughs> I love it. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you, you do watch Game of Thrones death compilations uh, <laughs> while eating. <laughs> I don't watch Game of Thrones, though, itself. It's a little too, uh... You just want to get to the good stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Sophie. Now then, we see this whole thing happening on somebody's monitor because somebody's observing this or watching this or whatever yeah. this. Yeah. And as we zoom out, we see that the overseer or the warden is watching something happen in multiple rooms at once. Mm -hmm. So I think the idea is that this has happened in other rooms already. Yeah, well, he, he he's just observing. He doesn't, like... He's really calm, too. He clearly, like, he's expecting this to happen. He's just watching yeah. it. So, yeah. You don't see his face, do you? No. Maybe he's he's got one of the, like, zombie parasite things in him. <gasps> Oh, that's interesting. And he's like the intelligent one that's in charge of them. Oh, that would be so cool. Very original, Sophie. Not original. <laughs> what do you mean? That's super original. Where where did you see that? Where did you see an intelligent zombie? Dark Souls? No, but I mean like zombie zombie. I don't remember. There's the Zack Snyder film on Netflix yeah. that kind of had intelligent zombies, but they weren't super yeah, intelligent. Okay, okay yeah. This one's, like, wearing a suit and everything. It's a fancy song. Yeah, but do you think it's, like... I don't know anything about Dead Space, but you know how there's, like, the unity thing in that? There's unitology, and then there's the convergence. Which is the necromorphs? No, but do you think it's like that, where, like, this is a virus-slash-parasite thing, mm -hmm. but there's this, like, cult-slash-religion aspect to it, and that's why the guy is like, Oh, good, people are landing. We can infect them as well for my weird cult that is made of zombies. That would be cool. I would love like that. Like Resident Evil does that with like Las Plagas. Cool. Thank you, Sophie. Now, I'd like to touch on the monitor a little more. 
Okay. On the monitor, we see several rooms and then their names. And I assume these are the names of the people living in each room. And this is where we encounter another Easter egg. On one of the monitors, you see the words C. Mercer, which could be Callus Mercer, who was a scientist and bad guy in Dead Space 1. You also see Kay Daniels on the monitor, which could be Kendra Daniels. She was also in Dead Space 1. There's also Al Murdoch on the monitor. And Lexi Murdoch-Weller was a character from Extraction. And the rooms themselves, if you zoom in, I think I saw in one of them somebody just sort of standing, kind of maybe rocking back and forth. Makes me think that they either transform into a monster or are transforming. And then there's another monitor where I think there is a body on the floor. And then another monitor where there's like something in the middle. And I don't know if it's a growth or like maybe somebody hung themselves or it's, it's something. I'm not sure what it is. Then Sophie, on the intercom, we hear, this is Black Iron's transport ship, Charon. You are cleared for landing. And we see the warden approach the window and look at the ship, like you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. You know who Charon is? Who is that? Charon is the ferryman that takes you to hell. What? Seriously? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did not know that. That is so thematic, because I was about to say, if it's a transport ship, it's probably bringing more prisoners <laughs> yeah. here in this I'm bad place. That's so thematic. I'd be like, well, I hope nothing bad happens on this ship. And since it's a transport ship, it's probably transporting prisoners or maybe personnel or... Yeah, well, like, before I realized that you were a prisoner, I thought it was going to be, oh, this is the team of Marines that was sent to deal with a disturbance and they're all going to come out. But it, apparently, like, you're actually a prisoner. So I'm assuming that you you probably arrive on that ship. And, mm-hmm. mm, although it says you're an inmate. That's very dead space, though, because Isaac arrives on Ishimura with his crew. Yeah. And stuff's already happened there. Like, necromorphs already yeah. running around. So it would be very similar where you arrive to the prison and you're like, okay, I'm going to go to my cell. And actually, no, there's shit going down. Very dramatic. Very scary. There's a complete ripoff of Arrival in Hell. What is that? It's a series of flash-based adventure games in which you played a prisoner in a prison that got taken over by monsters from hell. Oh my god. Yeah, and, and your character was... It was a really bad Jason Statham impression. And then the, <laughs> the good ending of the game is that your story is made into a movie and you're played by Jason Statham. That's amazing! That's the dream! I wish my life would be made into a movie and I was played by Jason. He'd be better at playing you than he would be at playing me, I think, if, if he had to choose between one of us. <laughs> That's true! And at the end of the trailer, we hear a tune that kind of sounds like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Yeah. And there was a Dead Space trailer with a creepy version of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star playing over it. It's one of the like few Dead Space things that I know. Yeah. Because that was a really famous trailer. That and the, um, the Mad World one for Gears of War. Those are like the only two trailers from that era that I remember. You only remember the important ones. I didn't play either of them. I have, and I've played enough Dead Space for the both of us. Yeah, okay. Now, Sophie. Mm -hmm. To end this podcast, I'd like to mention something. Oh. When Visceral worked on Dead Space, they had this set of rules that kind of guided them in development. Mm -hmm. And they were no HUD, character never talks, all big moments are going to be interactive and everything is going to run through the filter of innovation. They also had another rule or saying, Mm -hmm. just because it's hard doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. And they had this thing called layering management. It's super cool and I'm going to use it in every aspect of my life. Right. That was in 2008. Now it's a few years later, everybody's got more experience, The team has more games under their belt. So I'm Mm -hmm. expecting something really, really amazing out of this game. 
Hi, Sophie here at short notice because Sin needs to distract you. She isn't sure how to connect what we're talking about now to something we talk about later and needs to put this note in to mask the edit. She says I can talk about whatever I want here, so I'm going to talk about an anime. The idea behind those anime podcasts that Sin and I have done literally three of is that I have a lot of bootleg anime that I'd like to work through with her, but we've done three of them which is less than one a year. This means we're never going to get through all of the shit that I own, so I'll talk about one now. That anime is Gallery Fake. I got Gallery Fake for 50 cents. It's about a bishy black market art dealer slash art restorer, and the first episode is pretty much what you'd expect. Then the second episode goes completely off the fucking rails, as terrorists hijack a plane that he's on, and force him to restore a renaissance painting at gunpoint using only objects found on the plane. I never watched episode 3, because frankly nothing could possibly top this. Anyway, you've probably forgotten what Sin and I were discussing 70 seconds ago, so back to the podcast. I wanted to see if, like, the guy who was, um, watching the monitors... I want to see if you had a better look at him, and I actually think that is the guy who is in the hologram. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, so... I thought that was a given, Sophie. No, but, like, so he's not a monster, then. Just a guy. Well, no, because we don't see his face. It's all glitched. And actually, what you bring up is something I thought about. When... His face is glitched. It's glitched in such a way... It's like coming apart. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he glitched the hologram on purpose. Yeah. So we don't see that he's a monster now. Also, it's pre-recorded, so he could be. Well, you don't know. Maybe it's live. Yeah, that could be live. Maybe he's like a YouTuber. He's a VTuber. (laughs) Thank you, Sophie. You get a pretty good look at his face, though. Um, from the side for like one frame and he looks like a normal person. He doesn't look like he's a monster. Well, we don't know it's from the side. Like it could be like- If um... he knows what's going on, he is the monster. Think about it. (laughs) Thank you, Sophie. Also like from from the, the look you get out the window, clearly like it's being built. There's a lot of what looks like construction material. Like there's like construction equipment lying around. So I think, yeah, I think the prisoners are like building something. Thank you, Sophie. Okay, so one other thing I wanted to talk about was like, we were discussing what what do we think they're actually doing here, the prisoners. When he looks out the window, you can see what looks like either construction or excavation equipment. Like it could be like a crane or an excavator. I think it's an excavator. And you were talking before about like the core of Callisto that has a silicate core so it could also be that like the prisoners are here mining like the minerals on Callisto in order to send them back yeah that's true it just looks like a mine like it doesn't look like this is a colony world where we're building something it's not, yeah. like if you think about like aliens where mm-hmm. like it's sort of a similar vibe with like the even the color palette is very similar but it's like oh this is clearly a place that people are supposed to live Mm -hmm. Or like the vaults in Fallout or something, but this just looks like, oh, they're digging up something. True. Hey, hey, Sin. Hey, Sin. Yes. Do you think that, um, what they dug up was the alien parasite and that's how it got in them? Because there's water in Callisto, do you think there's like some, some like alien parasite in In the water? In the water? Maybe, maybe that's a good idea. So maybe he's just covering it up. It's possible that he's covering yeah. it up. Maybe he's yeah. a Lawrence-type figure. He might also just be like, who gives a fuck they're prisoners? We can say they died however. Oh, that's so mean. And he doesn't want to... Well, that's... You, you, you got it. You got it, Sam. <laughs> no, but he's like, well, like, I'm in charge of this mining thing, and if they find out that everyone's dying, then I'll, like... You know, I've lost my big... Like, I'm no longer in charge, so... Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna um, not tell on so there was an accident and like the way that like it has tentacles yeah that that says like to me that makes me think of like something that's underwater like an octopus yeah. or a squid 
So I'm thinking like, okay. That's an excellent connection. Yeah. So it's cause getting her revenge yet again. I think they are mining because you can see like, they look like cranes that are going down into, there's like a big like, like it, it's definitely a mine actually. If you look at like, go to the trailer and go to like 1 minute 52 and pause it. That's definitely like an open cut mine. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's very Australia, isn't it? <laughs> it's like if you combine past Australia with current Australia. Do you currently mine or? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we mine a lot of things we're not supposed to be mining. What do you, what do you, what kind of stuff do you all mine? Uh, like uranium. Also, we get it by blowing things up. Is that safe? It, it, well, well, yeah, it is, uh, it's a little dangerous, and also, um, Australia is, is stolen land. So, um, other people live there, and it's like, we're gonna blow it up and mine something very dangerous here. So, um, I don't know if this feels like revenge. <laughs> so do you think, as Australia's mining things... Like, it's going to stumble on some parasite that's going to, like, take over and kill everyone? I think the country is largely controlled by parasites at this point, so... Sophie, do the outro! That was the Snack Covenant episode 261. The Callisto Protocol trailer analysis by someone who knows what they're talking about and someone who didn't know that she was doing a Callisto Protocol trailer analysis until the other one said, we're doing Callisto trailer analysis. You can guess who was who. <laughs> My apologies to everyone who heard this. I really hope something came out like in between the Scorn video and this one, because I don't want people to think this is the whole channel now. I really hope that thing we did about Manus with Acer is out by the time you hear this because it's like oh no it's okay they still sometimes do the thing that people are actually actually tuning in for thank you sophie thank you sin and thank you everyone for listening <laughs> see y'all next <laughs> see y'all next time <laughs>